This episode was sponsored by Critical Dice and the Endless Bag of Dice. Welcome to the Compendium, a resource designed to help you spend less time learning D&D and more time actually playing. Okay, so now that we have the full overview of what a ranger can entail from level one to level 20, um, let's do a deep dive or at least like a surface deep dive. Does that make sense? Let's, let's do a all of comprehensive overview. Oh, yes, comprehensive overview is all of the different archetypes from which you get to pick one at level three. Yes. Um, and so we'll start. Um, do you want to go alphabetically or do you want to do it by like the main ones in the player's handbook? And then let's start with the two in the PHB and then jump sure. over to some other source materials. Um, and see what other options have, uh, what other kind of books have become available for us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think the... it's helpful too, because a lot of this, like even with just that list from Tasha's, seeing what's available like 1.0 mm -hmm. makes the 2.0 or other iterations make a little bit more sense when you look at why they did things that way, why they released them like that. Um, and so I think that will be helpful too. Yeah. Uh, the first one's Hunter which is probably the best one for a long time because Hunter, basically every time there's a new option, it lets you choose from like two or three options inside of itself to help specialize and focus what kind of ranger you want to be. So I would argue there's probably two or three subclasses hiding inside this one subclass. It's like Inception for the subclasses of D&D. Yeah, we put that box inside another box, mail it to myself, and when it arrives, I smash it with a hammer. Yeah, exactly. Or to save uh, on postage. Or we could just go with Beastmaster. No. <laughs> oh my gosh, Casey, that was beautiful. Uh, so basically at third level, um, you get hunter's prey and it kind of lets you specialize what kind of things you'll be hunting. So Colossus Slayer um, lets you, uh, when you hit a creature with a weapon attack, the target, the creature is going to take an extra D8 of damage if it's below its hit point maximum. So you can start like whittling that down once per turn. Giant Killer, um, when you're fighting something larger, larger, if it hits or misses you, you can immediately attack it with your reaction. Or there's Horde Breaker. These are all part of the same options. You can pick one of these three. Uh, on, once on each of your turns, when you make a weapon attack, you can make another attack with the same weapon as long as it's against a different creature within five feet of the original target. That one's really good, especially for monsters that have pack tactics. Exactly. That's why it's called Horde Breaker. Isn't that great? Mm -hmm. And this is an OG you know, subclass. That's great. And so you could be a vastly different kind of... Uh, of hunter just by what you've chosen here and then as it goes up like you get something else that's like seventh 11th and 15th um you get you know three more options and three more options um and so you can continue to kind of build that skill tree um uh especially like like stuff like uh multi-attack defense at seventh level um when a creature hits you you gain a plus four to your ac against all other attacks from that creature for the rest of the turn. So if it's something that has multi-attack, um, or extra attack rather, uh, then, uh, yeah, multi-attack, then the first one hits you and then all the rest are probably gonna miss because you just got a plus four. Wow. And it's not even an action or a reaction or anything, it just happens. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it may, again, it makes sense because if you're if you're observing how the attack happened in theory, you have a better concept of what's going to come next to be able to make some adjustments and avoid it. So it's just kind of quick thinking almost. Exactly. And then at level 11, they get multi-attack, which didn't we say that was usually reserved for monsters? So one example is, is the whirlwind attack. You can use your action, this is at level 11, to make a melee attack against any number of creatures within five feet of you with a separate attack roll for each target. That is insane. Yeah. You could literally force your way, especially, okay, so we're not talking about class pairings right now, but especially if you were like a gnome or a halfling where you could easily like work your way in the middle of a you know, uh-huh. horde of people or like this this conglomeration of monsters, you you could hit like six eight of them depending on the size yep. of the monster wow yep it's pretty bonkers so this I is a not great heard of subclass. any other class that has any kind of feature like that nope yeah it's great um uh there's even a ranged version of it that is something very similar uh at level 11 um and then um at level 15 you get evasion um and uh or you could choose uncanny dodge or uh things like that to help you just like survive longer so this is a great subclass i think it still holds up it's phenomenal but do you think that maybe one of the reasons why the um standard level up um kind of abilities that you get as you go up the board up to level 20 seem a little lackluster is because the subclass actually has its own kind of internal built-in leveling up that has some pretty pretty neat features yeah i i could see the argument but not all of the subclasses have good uh subclass capstone abilities and so you'd want to have something that stays that's good or decent or useful uh, for all of them, no matter what they chose to specialize in as they go up. At least that's my feeling. So, I mean, yeah. So the subclasses often are very, very good, but yeah, I wish they'd done it different. That's it. Right. Different. No, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff in here, um, especially because it does compound with what you get at those level up marks um, with yep. the ranger, particularly if right. you use some of the Tasha overlay so right um and then the other one from the player's handbook is beastmaster basically if you watch critical role trinket the bear was the beastmaster companion um and uh you can choose anything with a challenge any beast uh that's uh, no larger than medium uh with a cr one fourth or lower uh so like a bear panther mastiff hawk all would be great um now what's cool is is that you can you know you can basically get it to do things with you in battle um, and you can have it attack just by talking to it as a free action, which is great. Um, but the problem here is that there's not a lot of like, it, it doesn't level up really, really, really strongly. And then also it doesn't level up with like hit points at all or defenses that I can see. Um, it, it can make two attacks at level 11 uh, when you get there, um, as though it had multi-attack, um, but that's kind of it. And so you could be level 15 and, you're, and you're, you know, your hawk still has 
uh, 13 armor and one hit point. And please understand, this is not a familiar. This is not mm -hmm. a magically created creature. It's a beast. If and dies, if it, it dies, dies, it's dead. Matt Mercer created an entire magic item just to protect Trinket <laughs> because he had to. And so mm -hmm. this is the one that I was alluding to earlier where I said that this one mostly become obsolete with additions like in Tasha's, we'll get to here in a second, uh, like the Drake Warden. Um, and so I, uh, I, I think that one's just a little bit, right. a little bit better. Because if your companion, you know, is killed in battle or something like that, that negates the entire archetype that you took almost because it's not like it does you, right it doesn't have anything in here about like you have you make the ability to go tame an animal companion or something like that it's just you get one and then one and done if that one dies well you should have treated it better <laughs> better luck next time like yeah and and i will revise something i said earlier with the beastmaster like you can add proficiency bonus to the ac attack rolls and damage rolls and also the hit point maximum uh, has to be at a minimum four times your ranger level um, or its original HP, whichever is bigger, but still that's awfully low. And especially at higher levels when people are throwing around literal meteors, uh, you know, casting ninth level spells, that doesn't go for a whole lot. So mm -hmm. it does upgrade a little bit, but yeah, it's not so much. But um, Drake Warden, which comes from uh, Fizzbend, uh, Treasury of Dragons, is the same thing more or less but it's a little drake which is like a non-flying not as intelligent quadruped dragon um, that ranges anywhere from small to large that is your beast master companion and it is a uh, a summoned spirit with physical form like a familiar okay so if it dies it just goes away for a while until it comes back Right, exactly. So you create it. Uh, you basically summon it, and uh, it stays around until it uh, hits zero hit points, or you summon, you know, resummon the Drake, or until you die. And there's a whole stat block you can see in the book or on D and D Beyond, where if you pick this, it'll autofill all of the stats based on your stuff, like your proficiency bonus and your hit points and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I feel like it upgrades a little harder and it even has things like uh, it, it becomes immune to a certain type of damage. Every time you summon it, you can just choose it. It has dark vision um, and uh, it can attack. And when another creature within 30 feet of the Drake that can see it hits a target with a weapon attack. The Drake infuses the strike with its essence, causing the tar target to make an extra 1d6 damage of the type determined by the essence, which um, is awesome. So just being near it makes your hits hit harder. Does that make sense? It's, so I know it's not this, but it reminds me of Mushu. Okay. It has it has significantly more abilities that it gives you, but it just reminds me of like Mushu that just like follows you around and like does random things to help you like survive situations that you're in. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so it's a gr far superior subclass. Um, and then as it gets uh, you up in level, it gets bigger to where you can write it. Um, it gets, does more damage. Um, it lends its uh, elemental resistance to you as well now. Later, uh, it gets a breath weapon. It can start to fly. And later on, it turns into a large creature um, that you could actually ride and you can fly on it. 
Um, and yeah, the thing just scales up to you're basically like the dragon riders. Raising a dragon. Pretty much. Which is kind of cool. <laughs> it is. By the end, you're you've got like toothless and you're you know, how to train your dragon is your story arc, and it's awesome. So uh I wanted to build a dragonborn, like a gem dragonborn ranger that was Drake Warden, and just go make it just dragons all the way down, you know. Get a familiar, make it a like a pseudo dragon. Just just go hog wild with dragons. Uh, so that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, then to go a little more quickly, uh, we have new ones to uh, like Fey Wanderer, uh, where uh, at third level you can actually do an extra D four of uh, psychic damage um, uh, once per turn. Uh, you learn additional spells. Um, you gain proficiency with new skills. Um, you can't be like charmed and frightened. This has come from the Witchlight book. So you're used to like okay. dealing with the fae. And so being frightened and charmed is like a big thing for a lot of fae creatures. And so you just get resistance to it. Or you're like, no, I'm not impressed by your clever tricks, man. I've seen your guys' stuff. I've seen the teddy bears picnic. I know what's happening. Um, and uh, you also can like summon fae creatures, which is a new spell from that book. Uh, and you also can learn how to misty step without spending a spell slot. Um, oh. uh, a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier, but that's like a 15th level. So mm -hmm. you're basically you're where you live is is very very closely associated with the Fey Wild, and some of that magic is like leached into you as well. And so you're kind of like you know a very Fey tinged uh, ranger, and it's really really cool. If you don't have enough dice to make it through your game after every single set gets put in dice jail, make sure you check out the Critical Dice and their endless bag of dice. You can get a new set of dice delivered to your doorstep every single month for as low as seven bucks a month. Compendium listeners can actually also get a special offer by using the code Compendium, C-O-M-P-E-N-D-M, for 50% off of your first month of dice. Just go to thecriticaldice.com and use that code at checkout. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to our conversation this week. If you haven't done so already, it would really help us out if you would take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. The Compendium is also on Patreon. So if you like listening, that is a great way to help contribute to the content that we create. New episodes are available every Tuesday and Friday or Monday and Thursday if you're a patron. And you can always keep up with us between episodes by following us on social media. Just look up the compendium, that's C-O-M-P-E-N-D-M on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Jason also shares a bunch of great content and plot hooks on his page, The Critical Dice. So make sure that you check him out and follow him as well. Thanks so much for tuning in and we will see you guys next time.